box, 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 the one and only Shion Roy is back with us, as is Karun K. and myself, Tarush. Gents, I don't even know where to start this week. I think we have to start with a tribute to Seb. Shion, as the longest, as the longest lasting Formula One fan in this crew, I, I want you to owe to him first. He is a man who he became a man in Formula One. He inspired and motivated so much of this generation of Formula One racers. He has transcended past the sport of F1 and, and he's a public figure and he's a, he's a man who's going to make a world of difference both inside and outside the sport. And I'm genuinely excited to see what the future has to hold for him when he becomes the team principal of Ferrari. Cheers. That was actually going to be my, my, my follow-up question uh, about Seb, but um, I love that. I love that. Karun? Uh, wish I could have watched the sport while you were at your peak, but uh, thank you. Thank you for everything you've done. I like how you really made it personal. You said you. Like he's going to listen to this. <laughs> you don't know. Hey, and his weekly thanks, listen bro. to Box, 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 <laughs> undoubtedly. He has a lot more free time now. <laughs> I'll say, Seb, you came to the sport a boy. You left a man. The things you've done, the races you've won, mashallah, and long live. But you know Lewis Hamilton at the end of the day. Um, no, quite the guy. A man I really wish I watched his Red Bull days. That guy was dominant. Um, but quite an excellent career. Comes to an end. 50-odd wins, four championships. What a guy. I really hope that there's that crazy race this year where we can see Seb on the podium one more time. He may not be on that top step, but at least at the podium would be incredible. But following that news, the next bombshell a couple of days later, Fernando Alonso to Aston Martin. Thoughts? What is going on? I, I, that made no sense to me. I just feel like... Fernando's plan was to work and develop a relationship with Alpine and kind of mature, help mature the team and bring it to a position where it's, where it's competitive. And I feel like he's just undoing his work by jumping to Aston Martin. Like we clearly see Aston Martin struggling. Um, he's also like, I'm not going to lie, like a, a driver pairing with the son of the owner of the team. I feel like that's not a very, you know, uh, exciting driver pairing. Him being able to work with Ocon, and kind of push himself and push the team because of his, because of his, you know, um, experience allows him to kind of own and, and shape the team at Alpine. So I'm not really sure what he's looking for at, at Aston Martin. I don't know, man. I feel like he thought he was going to have more of a say and sway at Alpine than I think he's actually getting. And I think he's seen how Sav was treated over there, and I'm sure Lawrence Stroll is like promising the sun and the moon, but I'm sure he he feels that he'll have more of a say, and there will be a bit more. It'll be easier to compete against Lance at the Aston Martin as opposed to here at I almost said right now at Alpine against yeah. Ocon. I mean, Ocon has a has a five year deal or something like three four year deal. Yeah. 
And they're obviously not going to lay all their eggs in one basket with Fernando. So they've got to give Ocon some say in the team. So I think it's like multifaceted. I think the the multi-year deal, I think that he has gotten a very lucrative deal as well with Aston Martin. He will be their face. They will, their, you know, their mainstay. They will listen to him. They will give him all the wins or whatever, the strategy that they can. Ultimately, I don't see him getting closer to a third championship with Aston Martin at the end of the day. I know Aston Martin have touted this five-year plan, as have Renault or Alpine with their 100-race plan or whatever, um, where they're all going to be competing for a championship. At the end of the day, Alpine is much quicker and much closer to that achieving that goal than Aston Martin. And Fernando Alonso is as quick as a cat as he is right now at 41 but is he going to be that at 44, 45? Very that's few the, people can achieve that. That's the, that's the point, right? It's like he already is, is nearing the end of his career just from a physical standpoint, I think. Well, maybe not. I don't know. He's, he seems to be performing extremely well. Um, but he, Aston Martin having this, as you say, five-year plan, like he's investing multiple additional years into the sport to, to try to come back in, you know, in three, four years and be, be competitive. Whereas I feel like, you know, especially when you're 41 years old, looking at where Alpine is as a team and the progress that they've made this year alone, I think is, is much more promising for your, you know, career or your championship winning aspirations. Um, I also think I, it's I interesting because, sorry, go for it. No, I, I want to come back to that point later, but go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I also think it's interesting because, you know, he's developed a relationship with, with you know, formerly Renault in the past and he's, he's known the team and he's worked closely with them. Um, so I feel like it's not just, uh, uh, you know, what team might have the most potential, but this is a team that he's also kind of grown around, um, you know, this Alpine team. So seeing him just kind of switch over to uh, Aston Martin, again, seems kind of uncharacteristic for a guy who um, is, is a hallowed name in the sport. I don't know. Here's a, uh, sorry, Karun, I know you want to jump in there, but here's a, uh, a trivia question. For the two of you. Oh, it's been yeah, we're back with the trivia. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, gents. When, what, what was the last year? When, what, it was it. what was the last year <laughs> that Fernando Alonso was powered by a Mercedes engine? 2012. He was a Ferrari. 2010. Ferrari. 2008. 2007. 2007. Oh, God. Ah, get out of here. Damn, it was 2007 nice. where he lost next, that championship time, by one point. Next time, I'm just saying all the years as quickly as I possibly can. <laughs> he was uh, uh, Lewis Hamilton's uh, partner at McLaren Mercedes. Mm. Yeah, I really started with 2012. That's crazy. That Aston Martin has been pumping a lot of money into their infrastructure, right? Yes. I'm basing this off the Lawrence Beretta, Beretta. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. Um, article, but like they they are bringing a lot of stuff online in the next year or two, and like I don't know if that's necessarily going to push them, but like it's clearly like the sales pitch worked, right? And like also to the point of like he's in like the uh, waning years of his career. I do not think he believes that for one second, like. I think he, he thinks that he can go for like at least another five or six years easily. You're always going to be your number one fan, right? Like you got to believe in yourself. Yeah. So of I, I love that from Fernando. What I will say is despite that future, you know, with the new wind tunnel and new infrastructure and whatever, I do think that that car is pretty quick in race trim. They consistently are like starting 16th, 17th. 
and are usually end up 10th and 11th, you know, making a point here and there. Um, so yeah. I do think it has decent race pace, that car. They just got to work it out on a Saturday. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting in three, four years. Maybe we'll be eating our, our words, you know, and yeah. Aston Martin will have that quickest car and Fernando will win that third championship. You know, I think that's a great point also, Drew. Like them starting in P16, it's, it's much harder for them to kind of climb up the grid in the, when they're in the back of the grid and, you know, each overtake, the, the distance between the cars is increasing so much. So like them gaining six positions from the back of the grid is actually, uh, you know, quite a statement to, to kind of hold. So, so that's a good point, actually. And uh, Seb did win that award for most overtakes last year, right? He did, he did. So it's, it's two years proven that's a good race trim car. It'll be interesting. Uh, I think mm-hmm. we'll just have to wait and see. But there was a knock-on effect, of course. Fernando leaving to Aston Martin. Seat open at Alpine. And announcing Oscar <laughs> Piastri, who then tweeted, who then tweeted hours later, because he was asleep in Australia, that this is not true. He has not signed for Alpine. And that he will not be driving for Alpine next year. Okay. Okay, what gotta, do we I gotta, make of this? I, I gotta say one thing before we dig into this. Do you guys see Albon's tweet about yes. him? Yes. That was absolutely no, like, yo, so crude. He oh, yeah. Albon tweeted like after he signed with Williams, he tweeted yeah. the exact same format of tweet, except just <laughs> saying like, "I will be racing for <laughs> for Williams next year. I have signed the contract." It was so funny. <laughs> I understand that Williams have announced that I will be driving for the next year. This is correct. This is in fact true. <laughs> it was incredible it was actually one of the funniest tweets i've ever seen uh but no they need themselves yeah yeah but well, that's another thing about formula one right it's a young it's a young sport i feel like a lot of these young these young comers really are kind of with the times and, and and have been helping to to keep uh you know our generation and younger generations getting interested in the sport but besides the point uh, i think it is hilarious that piastri was kind of put in that position i am excited to see what his his future holds i do I am a little surprised. It does. It does seem like Alpine was, you know, would have been the perfect fit for him. Um, that being said, I do think that um, McLaren does have a lot to offer, and that is, that is indeed the case that he's going to be joining McLaren. I think that uh, um, that's that's a great platform for him to jumpstart his F1 career alongside Lando Norris. I think Lando, you know, another young guy who's been through the the gamut, you know, really worked through his his kind of developed a maturity with the McLaren team will be an incredible mentor to Oscar to kind of help him understand, you know, coming to terms with with the with the sport. Yeah, and that's interesting. I, I want I wanted to touch on that a little bit because look, it's obvious that it's McLaren, right? He's not taking Latifi's feet. Why would he take a step back if he had the Alpine seat uh, available or potentially available and go to Williams? And he's not going to jump, you know, Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari. They're all locked up. Uh, Alfa Romeo, whatever. So it's, got, it's, it's a McLaren. And the question is, is the Alpine a better car or McLaren? And obviously in the standings, Alpine are just a little bit ahead. But Lando Norris and the McLaren can beat them and has beaten them multiple times a season. Lando Norris has finished in the points 10 times a season. Danny Rick has not finished in the points nine times a season. So it's effectively 2v1 in the Alpine. But if they had a race driver who was consistently in the points with Lando, would that then prove that the McLaren is actually the better car? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or is it Lando that. Norris who's just <laughs> exceptional driver and is outperforming that car? I mean, it's not like Lando is placing that far away from the Alpines in what he does place. It's he's usually around where the Alpines are placing, right? Lando it's, had a podium. It's more so, huh? Lando had a podium 
effectively on pace. Sure. He is definitely out driving that car, but on average, he is placing near where the Alpines are placing. If you like watch most of the races on most of the laps, he's going to be around where the Alpines are. I feel like at least obviously yeah. recency bias in like the last three to four races, at least. Right. Like, uh, but like, uh, I, I, from like a more like development point of view, I'm a little confused why Piastri doesn't want to race against someone like Ocon, where he, it'll be easier for him to outperform and get the team to start developing a car towards him, especially if he's as good as he's hyped up to be, versus a proven entity like Lando, who has a long-term contract at McLaren, and a team that is already building around him. Yeah, right. I mean, that, I think that's an incredible point. That's one of the things that we've seen with Albon right in the past, like when he was pushed up to Red Bull and, and Alphatari or whatnot. Exactly. Like it was, it was, it's a guy who had this opportunity. He had a lot, of, he has tremendous amounts of skill, but it is, you know, being put into a high pressure situation and some people don't handle that, you know, appropriately. And especially because there's so much hype around him, his immediate mm -hmm. performance is going to weigh a lot into how he's going to be evaluated by the end of next season. Right. right, but do you think then McLaren is is factoring in a, a you know this, the the Danny the Danny Rick effect almost right like oh it's going to take him some time to get used to the car like he's going to we were you know allowing him to kind of get acquainted with Formula One and the well, car and all this to. kind of stuff right they have to right and I think that McLaren is you know has been shown to be very patient with that so I do think that you know from at least a, a pressure perspective if we're talking about it's like what we we're talking about with uh, yeah. Albon from a pressure perspective I think McLaren is a team that is you know acquainted with a little bit more of a long-term investment and allowing drivers to kind of mature in their, in their cars. So and from that, from that viewpoint, I think that, you know, McLaren could be a, a good shout for him. Yeah. I, I think what McLaren are looking at right now is that they need two drivers that will finish in the points consistently and outperform the car, right? That's what you're always looking in for in a driver. Can they outperform the car or, you know, until we can deliver them that car that can win races and potentially a championship. And right now, obviously Danny Rick is not living up to that. So they, can they draft in a young driver who they can help develop to be that guy alongside Lando Norris? And then maybe in a couple of years, challenge Lando Norris to who's going to be the number one McLaren driver. Um, hopefully by then, you know, they're in a race winning car. So I think excellent points you guys bring up. But also, Karun, I think, I don't think any driver looks at it from that perspective where they see someone established in that role and shy away from it. These are guys who have been driving and living on the limit their entire lives. I think they, 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 they just love that kind of opportunity to go out yeah. there and just like try and outperform someone who's established. You think about George Russell and Lewis Hamilton. Uh, uh, there's endless number of That's like, a big examples. Different, I feel like. Carlos and Charles, like it, it, even my even point the, was yeah. less so like competing at someone who's established, but you're coming in in your first year as someone who has who has been hyped up with multiple like free practice drives, you've been like talking mm -hmm. with commentators, like there's a lot of hype around you. And so there's also like innately this pressure to deliver and it becomes like harder to deliver, at least in my opinion, when you go into a, a team like McLaren where Lando is already so well established and like resources are going to be diverted to him. Whereas someone like Alpine, where they, they want you there, they really want you there. And so they definitely will like give you the time of day and like make sure that you're taken care of, which gives you just that much better of like a leaping, like a place to jump from to your next seat, right? It's gonna make it that much easier to land into that Red Bull or that Ferrari. I don't think McLaren are gonna put all their eggs in Lando Norris's basket as much as you're making it seem. Because obviously that happens when they have a race winning <laughs> car and a championship capable winning car, right? 
like Mercedes has built their car to suit Lewis Hamilton. Like Red Bull has built it to suit Max Verstappen. McLaren aren't at that stage. So I think there's a bit more equal opportunity here, but I, I do see what you're saying, yeah. but don't, don't put down my boy Esteban Alcon that much. He has I'm won not, a race. Not, for sure not, but I like, you do have to agree. Like Alpine wants Piastri. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'll add this one thing. I think it's, it's, I, I kind of love it from Piastri though. Cause you know that he had the option. I think Alpine would have a hundred percent wanted to retain yeah. him as one of their drivers. Right. So you see him, kind of gauging his options and if he was one who thought that he would need some time to get acquainted with the sport or whatnot that's fine but I do kind of like that little that dog in him that's just like no nah, I'm gonna go for you know the better team and kind of push myself and he's like you know <laughs> why play dog. it safe when I can go for you know this McLaren team that you know yeah. in, in the past couple seasons has been shown to to be super effective now all of a sudden Alpine's losing you know the one of the main drivers of their their, their team which is Fernando Alonso right like you're losing a lot of guidance in the team uh, you know, why not stick to a, a, a team that, you know, has, has been pretty consistent and, and not a lot's going to be changing in their management and their strategy, I guess, versus Alpine, which is kind of in a time of turbulence right now and, and replacing, a, you know, a two-time world champion with uh, a rookie. But, and another thing I just wanted to mention based on what Grunin said is like, you know, this guy, Oscar, he's been around the sport for a while, right? Like him being around the paddock, him being like working so closely with Alpine, I I'm genuinely hoping has given him some like comfort and familiarity with the sports so that he feels comfortable like getting his, his footing when he goes to McLaren or just starts racing at all. Um, so that's just one, just, you know, one um, asterisk I wanted to add in there with regards to, you know, his, his na- naivety, na- whatever that word is. Naivete. Yeah, yeah, that one. Damn, look at Karun. Agreed. Agreed. And we're all looking forward to entering Formula One, wherever that may, Without may be. Without a doubt. He has entertained me endlessly on Twitter uh, with the amount of memeage that has come out of this. Uh, <laughs> I guess real quick, what is happening to Danny Rick then? Is he off to IndyCar or something? Could he take that second Williams seat? I'm sure Williams would love to have him. That's the question. Will Danny Rick want to be at the back of the grid or is he going to leave Formula One? He's going to go back to Alpine. Oh. Would they take him yeah. back? I think they would, Al- yeah. I mean, at this point, Ocon, I saw some other memes about Ocon, just like, you know, there's like eight different drivers trying to race for McLaren, and then Ocon's over here driving two, two yeah. Alpines at the same time. <laughs> two- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, I mean, they need someone, right? And, I mean, Ricardo has that history with that team, so, you know, yeah, maybe. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Who knows? All right. No, Cyril's not around anymore. Fair. I also saw some good memes about Cyril as well. It's on a beach in France <laughs> laughing his ass off. With his tattoo. Yeah. With his as tattoo. Zach Brown has one as well. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. A little bit about the Hungaro ring and the Hungarian Grand Prix. Yeah. Uh, there's nowhere else to start. As brilliant as Max was, there's nowhere else to start but Ferrari. <laughs> Karun, you said, you, said, you said last week it's heating up. And oh, I argued yeah. it's cooling down. <laughs> much, much like Charles's hard tires, it's cooling down. <laughs> Can't get the temperature in those bad boys. <laughs> the championship is done and dusted. Ferrari, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, really yeah. am convinced that I am completely right. That Ferrari, because Motia Bonato again came out saying like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with us. We don't need to change. Versus like Toto and Horner are honest with the media. And it, right. I genuinely think Ferrari think that they don't need to change anything. <laughs> No, no, no! I genuinely think that no Charles way. doesn't bollock at them at the end of these kind of races. It's so painful you don't to see think Charles. He is where he is. 
No, I don't think he is. I don't think he's got that dog in him yet. Oh, no, no, no. Because, you know, he's a Ferrari driver and he's got to be nice. I mean, okay, there's there's a yeah, chance. Like you, You've seen all his... <laughs> you've seen, like, his ads with the watches and all that kind of stuff all over Instagram. Like, this man is just getting his bag right now. Okay, but what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> yeah, who cares? <laughs> he's just making his money. Oh, listen, I... Charles needs a competitive car, right? Like, there's very few teams that can offer. They have a the fastest car. car. They have. Yeah, and they shooting. do. Yeah. They they do. I mean, like that's. Uh, there's nowhere else I would want to see Charles. Like at this current moment, like he cannot oh, okay, be a Mercedes. Sure. He cannot be a Red Bull. He has to. He has to figure it out with with Ferrari, right? Like that's his only option at this point. I think he has to go and to give them like a good kick up the backside. Yeah, he has to, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he's got to he take some stop control. Asking, he has to stop asking at the end of the race. Um, are we the only ones who are on the hard tires? Like, <laughs> no, he should be yelling <laughs> at them and they'd be like, "Oh, yeah. well, let's discuss this in the garage." Exactly. He should be just screaming. <laughs> Dude, like Max and he needs to does question not the, anything. You no, know what I mean? like, and he needs to question the strategy more. Like, are you sure we yeah. do this? Think about Seb at Ferrari when they were dumb as hell. He would question <laughs> everything. He would give them mathematical assignments while in the car. Be like, okay, if we pit in five uh, laps, uh, do the tire deg at this rate, putting on the mediums, then pitting again on lap sixty-eight. What will we finish? Yeah. Where will we finish? Charles doesn't have that dog yet. He needs to develop that dog if he wants to win with Ferrari. Yeah, okay. That's and a, Ferrari Charles has no has dog, dog in them. He's a dog on the track. He just doesn't want to have to do the work of a strategist in the car. Is that like, you know, like, 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 that's okay. what Max does. That's what Lewis does. No, no, no. But dude, come yeah. on. They, they question know, it. They don't do that. They question yeah. it and they complain. But like, no, like, but there's a baseline, rare, right? right? Their teams have that trust in those drivers that, like, if some, Charles wanted to extend his second stint on the mediums, right? Now, if that's Lewis on the radio saying, Bono, no, I'm going to extend the mediums. And say they say box, box, and you see Lewis drive by. Sometimes they, you know, they show that he drives yeah. by. It's like, oh, Lewis is not boxing. Charles will not do that. Yeah. That's I, what I'm that's saying. The, he that's doesn't have, yeah. He's a real follower. take it into his own hands. And sure, he, maybe he makes a mistake, but let it be in his hands because Ferrari have not, sh- put, sure, I've not shown that they've earned that trust to make those calls for him. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Dog, obviously, he has dog in him to win those races. I'm not doubting that, and I'm like, and he has championship. See those quali- fights of Max. <laughs> no, he has championship uh, winning quality, but his team is screwing him over, and he hasn't started questioning them a little bit yet. And sure, he doesn't have to do it publicly, but they got to stop talking like everything's all right, everything's all rosy, rosy. Who knows if they'll have the, like a race, the championship winning car next year? Because Mercedes are going to be right back up at it, perhaps in like three races from now. Yeah, with the summer break, they could do a lot. <laughs> well, they can't do anything because they're not actually allowed to work on the car. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> but at times, Lewis was the in the second stint. Lewis was the quickest car on track. At Silverstone, Lewis had was the quickest man on on the track. So they'll they'll be back quicker than later, and they have unreal reliability, and they have not made a strategic error this year. Right. Arguably, they're already in post, like prime position to to you know dominate in the second half of the season, right? Like they are right there. They're performing they're, incredibly. They're going to be there's, there's maybe instructors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> and to and to think from where they came from, like honestly, the consistency of George, the consistency of the team. Lewis really working on developing this relationship with George, and now you know Lewis, you can still see that dog. And for a while, you were like, all right, George is just you know, he was testing out Lewis. variations on the car. 
Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, hundred percent. But you keep seeing George like you know outperform. All of a sudden, now you see the the you know the the algorithm, the you know the, the Mercedes SWS starts to make sense, and and Lewis is just again cooking now that they figured out their stuff. I mean that to me is such an incredible like team strategy and team play. Like Mercedes is not just working from race to race; they're working from the whole season and really like developing um, on so many different levels. So. Mad respect there. I think they have a great second half of the season coming up. I think we talked about this earlier in the season too. Like Mercedes, like without a doubt, has one of the best like development in season development programs, like of any of the teams. Like they're yeah, I mean they started off with the second best car last year and then by the end had the best car. Yeah. Um this year they're gonna have the third best car, make it to the second best car. And when was the last time like the best car actually finished P3 in the constructors? Because that's about to happen this year. Um and one thing, just back to that Charles having that dog to question the strategy, I will say Carlos has shown a bit more of that dog to be like, are you sure? No, no, guys, don't ask me to Carlos do this. Carlos has great instinct. Yeah, he does. And I just think Charles needs a little bit more of that, and he can start winning more races. This year's championship is done, but if Ferrari continue to have that quick a car, <laughs> then they will, they will contend again next year, um, and hopefully they can learn from this year. Uh, but again, I... Mattia Binotto keeps saying, like, oh, we never intended to be championship winning this year. You know, we just thought we'd win a couple of races. Yeah, he said that multiple times. That's, if, if I was in Formula One, I'd want a leader that I would want to die for. Like, a, like for, I would do, like, for Warner, like, to have that leader for Toto, uh, for Gunter, like, you'd do anything for them. But, dude, Mattia Binotto does not inspire confidence in me. Yeah. I think there's some drastic changes that need to happen at, at Ferrari. Honestly, like I think they're a very antiquated team, and someone has to just just realize that one, they are their engineering, you know, side of the, the division, racing division is incredible. They really need to figure out their strategy stuff. Like, forget this old school, like you know, catering to the defosi or whatever the heck. Like, you need to you need to lock in and realize that you are able to win championships. You have some of the best drivers on the grid. You have one of the hallowed name, most hallowed names in the sport. Figure it out, I mean, modernize, and keep going. If the pit wall is worried about the Tifosi, then there's bigger problems. <laughs> like, but they are. They're worried about the image, about the fans. It's like, mm-hmm. no, dude, just worry about In the middle winning of a races. race. <laughs> just yeah. Worry about winning races. <sighs> uh, I don't know, frustrating. Right. I mean, to sum it up, it's been it's been very frustrating to be a Ferrari fan. And you, yeah, I think all three of us do support the team, so it's just been like. It's at a certain point, there was like that, that little bit of a, a doubt. And you're like, okay, cool. They made a mistake, but they're going to figure it out. They will cook. I think after this race, we genuinely have seen, you know, a streak of races where Ferrari just continues to, to um, mess up their strategy. And I think, you know, as a avid Ferrari fan, I have officially given up hope for the rest of the season that they're going to be championship contenders. With that being said, a little bit mid-season review. Except for Max Verstappen, <laughs> driver of this season thus far. Like, I, I don't know. It's kind of a layup. I didn't want us to all yeah. say Max because it's obviously Max. I mean, I, I, I mean, think I, the second number is also pretty. George? Uh, no, it's pretty yeah, locked in, right? George, I would have said George, yeah. too. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. As well, yeah. <laughs> Should we move um, one down? What? Should we move to third? <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Third, Maybe we'll have some variation here. Be. We might have some variation here. Yeah. Let me think about uh, that for a sec. Okay, I have an, I have a name in, in my mind. Go for it. Go for it. Uh, I'm gonna go with Lando. Mm-hmm. I he's first of all the only person scoring points for that McLaren. 
and he's contending to keep them up in the P3, P4 battle uh, or P4 battle against Alpine. He has a podium in Imola, which was the, what Imola was like the third or fourth race of the season. And they had massive problems in Bahrain. So that came out of nowhere. Um, so just continues to excel is an absolutely brilliant qualifier. Um, and, and is a very likable driver. Uh, 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 yeah. I don't know. I can't speak highly enough by him. I might yep, have to say so Carlos. Oh, sorry, sorry, I was going to say Carlos over. just because, like, I think the start of the season was just so difficult for him. And a lot of the, the times it was out of his hands why he wasn't performing. And I think he's really just, you know, like, made a great comeback and really, like, prevented Ferrari from just making the decision of he's no, like, he is the number two driver. Like, I know, like, Charles is getting that treatment of, like, a pseudo number one, but, like, I, I do think Carlos has done a really good job of making him uncomfortable about that status. Agreed. No, I totally, uh, I'm right there with you. I think Carlos is really, he's had a lot to overcome, right? Like, he's, um, there, there, the, the couple spin outs that he's had throughout the season, uh, you know, generally everyone's being, hey, you know, I think it's pretty clear that, uh, that, um, Charles is number one. I mean, especially with, you know, the Defosi being such a big part of that team. Like there, there's, you know, there's talking and, and of course that impacts the way you, your, your mentality, I guess, in the sport. But um, these last two or three races, I, we've seen like a whole different Carlos come out, like a very consistent, uh, like uh, raw version of Carlos that's that's been performing extremely well. So to at, at the very least, what can be salvaged from Ferrari at this point is that Carlos is seeming to be comfortable in this high performing car, um, which is, you know, great strides for a great driver. Um, but to answer your question, Trush, my number three, I honestly think it would be Fernando for me. Like, honestly, I, when, when he jumped in, when he jumped in back into formula one, I was like, okay, this is, you know, just, you know, has been, that's looking to jump back in and then see what he can do. Um, but where the, you know, the, the strides that he's made with the Alpine team, I think are immeasurable. Like he's been able to so much team and such a Trying you got to go a bit closer back home. Sorry. You got to turn back around, go back home. No, sorry. It was a two. It was, it was a cutting out a little bit, but I think my we bad, got the bad. point, uh, to wrap yeah. us up our, not a hater, but of the season. And we can't mm. all just say Latifi. I mean, can we all not also just say Danny? Yeah, sure. Um, okay. I honestly forgot he was on the grid for a second. <laughs> uh, oh, this is kind of tough because I think everyone's been pretty stellar apart from them too. And, uh, I really, and, and I think Yuki's too. made leaps forward. Uh, I think Albon with a couple great races. Uh, Lance, uh, yeah. Joe, I, I'm a big fan of Joe. I think he's had a lot of bad luck. Mick obviously getting a few points. Seb quadrupling the number of points that Lance has. So I don't know. Go ahead, Karun. Yeah. I'm not sure like saying it. Yeah, I guess a guy who just hasn't had as good of a season as like I expected him to. But like, I, I don't really know if it's his fault. I can't really remember his races, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a fair point. He is, he has five more points than Yuki. We expect a bit more from him. The car is like really hit or miss, mostly miss. They don't seem to be doing anything with strategy. We'll just say Latif, man. 
Yeah, right. collectively, just, we'll just say Latifi. Collectively, Latifi. When, when we started, which is, which is good. Like, it's great to be able to say that, right? Like, when we started, not a hater, but there were some racers that were genuinely giving us, like, some heart palpitations. Like, seeing Mick Schumacher just, like, not have any luck at all in, in Haas was was pretty painful. So, I think it was it made a lot of sense. So, generally, for Formula 1, being able to, have, like, making that a tough question, being it, make, uh, it being hard for us to answer that question is is so good for the sport, you know? Agreed. Everyone is forming at a high level. It's been it's been a wonderful first half of the season. I, I wish it was a bit closer at the top, like last year. Um, mm-hmm. But keep in mind, you well, know, last year everything we changed this year, right? Yeah. yeah. Last year yeah. we were extremely spoiled. I mean, it couldn't have been better. Like, that's going to go down in history as maybe one of the best seasons of Formula 1. Undoubtedly. Uh, on to Spa next. We'll... Maybe we'll do a little 10, 15 minute segment in, a, in, in, this, in the mid-season break for just trivia. <laughs> uh, but yeah, gents, Make it a our game. fans, Pleasure box, as box, always. box, box them out. Box, box.